The Sons of Liberty is a politically neutral organization. We believe that the Judeo-Christian ethic has provided the principles upon which this nation was founded. It is our belief that these principles provide not only the foundation and framework for American government and society, but are also essential to the maintenance of a fair and just society. All program content is based on a Christian biblical worldview. One of you said to me recently that we shouldn't rock the boat. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I want to tell you that I am a boat rocker. Good day, America. Welcome, Christians, conservatives, constitutionalists, liberals, libertarians, communists, Islamists, LGBTQ, RSTV, WXYZ people, all the boat rockers in the house, and anybody else I may have missed to the Sons of Liberty radio show here on Red State Talk Radio, where we use the Bible and the Constitution not to see who's on the right or the left, but who is on the straight and narrow. I'm your host, Tim Brown, coming to you live from the U.S. occupied state of South Carolina, the editor at Sons of Liberty Media.com, and for our Muslim friends, I'm the infidel that Allah warns you about. I hold to the book, the Bible. As the authoritative word of God, glad that you guys have joined us this morning. If you'd like to check us out online, please do so. SonsofLibertyRadio.com and also SonsofLibertyMedia.com. In fact, if you're listening by way of Red State Talk Radio and you want to watch the video portion of the radio show, that's right, you can see the face that's made for radio. Head over to SonsofLibertyMedia.com. There you're going to see two videos at the top of the page. The one on the left side of the page is Bradley's show from yesterday. So if you missed that and you'd like to catch it, you can do so up until 3 p.m. Eastern, at which time... He'll be live in that area. I think he's going to Missouri. Or no, he went to Missouri. <laughs> Got a message from him at like 1 o'clock in the morning. We're here. <laughs> so uh, if you're in the Missouri area, be sure to check out Bradley's schedule, top of sonslibertymedia.com, and go out there and uh, and say hi to him and the gang. Uh, on the right side of the page is where we're at. Click on the play button. Blow it up on whatever device you got. Look for the Rumble icon there, bottom right-hand corner. And... Um, then click on that. We've got a lot of friends in the chat. You can uh, It'll take you right over there into the chat on Rumble. And a good morning to everyone on Rumble. And also, be sure to subscribe to the channel, Sons of Liberty Radio Live, Sons of Liberty Radio Live on Rumble. And then we're also on BeforeIt'sNews.com, top of the page over there. And appreciate Michael Roach and his team giving us a spot, morning show and afternoon over on Before It's News. Back to SonsLibertyMedia.com, right up under where we're streaming live is where you can sign up for our email newsletter. It goes out once a day, late afternoon, early evening, all the articles we have, including the morning show archive. So be sure and uh, and check that out, and uh, that way you'll get everything right to your in- inbox. Also, wanting to highlight, uh, you know, the the new products that we put out in the store. You can get there by going to thesonsofliberty.squarespace.com. Don't forget to put the in front of there, thesonsofliberty.squarespace.com, or you can reach it from sonsoflibertymedia.com. Right there off the top menu store uh, link will take you over there. We've got the Soldier of the Cross bundle that we've got up now, uh, $34. That gets you a shirt. That gets you a dog tag of your color, silver or black, and also the Soldier of the Cross book. You'll save a few bucks on that. And then if you get a double X or triple X large, you're going to pay about $5 more uh, for that bundle. You can also get the shirt by itself for $20, $25 if it's double X or larger. And then also you can get the book uh 
for $10. If you just want to get the book or if you don't want to get the shirt, you can do that. $10 for the book. And then also the All the Profits we're pointing to the front book is $10 in our store. And I would appreciate your support. Understand something. The majority of these things we're selling, uh, there's no there's no money being actually made. In some cases, it's actually lost. But uh, it's to get things in your hand either to equip you or great conversation starters or things like that. That's what they're meant to do. They're not meant to be uh, your Christian trinket wear so that you can wear your Christianity on the sleeve. That's not the issue. The issue is to start conversations. It's to educate people, uh, and that's why we have the store there. So be sure and uh, and check that out. All right. Um, you know, everybody's seen what's going on in Israel. And I got to tell you, I, I'm, I was sick of hearing about Israel two days after it started. Um, mainly because... I see, sadly, people call themselves Christians. They get into an end-time frenzy, frenzy here, okay? And they, be, in some cases, it just gets downright ridiculous to me. To me, it does. Um, <clears throat> we've been hearing for going on 80 years how... You know, this is end time stuff. God's brought his people back in the land and blah, 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 and all this stuff. Well, he hasn't brought his people into the land. His people, again, oh, I feel like I, I need to just do this kind of thing over and over and over and over again so that people get it in their heads and in their hearts who Israel is. And I would say, first and foremost, Israel is the Lord Jesus. He is the vine. He, 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 is the, he is the trunk of the tree. He is the Israel of God. And those who are in him are part of Israel. We're part of the commonwealth of Israel. And I got to tell you, I, I, I really wasn't going to go here, but I... It's like there are two, if there aren't two passages that just aren't clear about this, I don't know what they are. That's Ephesians 2 and Galatians chapter 3. I, I, in fact, the entire book of Galatians, but we don't have time to do that this morning because I'm going to play for you a short uh, interview I did with Kirk Elliott regarding the impact of this war upon the economy, which is going to affect the people. Now, I know Bill Clinton, good Marxist like he was, and the rest of the, the presidents basically that we've had, everything's economy. Everything's economy. It's the economy, stupid, for those of you who are around in the 90s. It's the economy, stupid. That's where Marxism begins. Biblical, a biblical worldview begins with the law and justice. That's what that, that's where, that's what that begins with. It begins with law and justice. The very character of God. God's character is not money. It's not. His character is justice. You say, well, isn't he merciful too? Yeah, he's full of mercy and compassion, but mercy and compassion is not a part of law. It's independent of law, just like grace is. It's independent of the law. And so when we go to passages like Ephesians chapter 2, <clears throat> 
one of the interesting things I continue to point out to people, and everybody goes, well, but you're missing Romans 11. We went through Romans 11 too. Who is the all Israel that's going to be saved? It's all of Israel, both quote-unquote Jew and Gentile. It's all of Israel that will be saved. And, um, and if you read that, Paul is talking about both. He's talking about Gentiles who are wild olive branches, who've been grafted in, and they shouldn't be putting off you know, the true people, the, 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 the people of God that were his countrymen, that he says some of them were Jews, but they're not Jews. They call themselves Jews, but they're not. They call themselves Israel, but they're not. He said, God hasn't forsaken my countrymen, and I'm evidence of it. God had spared Paul. Paul was a Jew of Jews, right? That's what he said, a Hebrew of Hebrews, of the tribe of Benjamin, and all, you know, points out his lineage and everything. God had not forgotten him or his, or his people in that aspect of the old covenant, but he was bringing them in at that time that Paul was talking about. And then when you go to Ephesians 2, here's what you read it's pretty clear. Verse 11, Wherefore remember that ye being in time past Gentiles in the flesh, who are called uncircumcision by that which is called circumcision in the flesh made by hands. So he's talking about the difference between Gentiles who were uncircumcised and Jews who were circumcised. That at the time ye were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel, and you were strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. But now, in Christ Jesus, ye who sometimes were far off are made nigh by the blood of Christ. But we were brought near. We were made a part of the commonwealth of Israel. We became children of Abraham, children of Israel, by faith in Jesus Christ. The same faith that Abraham had when he was preached the gospel back there in Genesis. And yes, he was preached the gospel. As a matter of fact, Paul writes it in this very book that he was preached the gospel. For he is our peace, that's Christ, who has made both one. Both what? Jew and Gentile. He's made us one. We're no longer separated Jew and Gentile. We're one new man in Christ. He had broken down the middle wall of partition between us, having abolished in his flesh the enmity, even the law of commandments contained in ordinances, for to make in himself of twain, or of the two, one new man, so making peace, and that he might reconcile both, that's Jew and Gentile, unto God in what? Two different bodies? No, in one body by the cross, having slain the enmity thereby, and came and preached peace to you which were afar off, and to them that were nigh. In other words, to the stranger and to the native. For through him we both have access by one Spirit unto the Father. Now therefore ye are no more strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and the household of God, and are built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone, in whom all the building fitly framed together groweth unto an holy temple in the Lord, in whom ye also are built together for a habitation of God through the Spirit. What you are seeing going on now, again, I'm just saying... I don't think it has anything to do with what the Bible says. And some people who are clearly sophists, because when you ask them specific questions, they won't answer it, and they divert and deflect. They say, oh, is this the will of man or the will of God? It's both. It's both. 
wicked man does what wicked man wants to do. If he wants to set up Israel and say, we're the people of God, he can do that. And God in his decrees, if man does it, guess what? God has decreed it before man does it. That's how he knows it will come to pass in the future. In fact, Arthur Pink, great book, The Sovereignty of God. Go read it. Everything that happens does not happen apart from God's decree. Even the bad things, even the mistakes that we think are mistakes, God has a good purpose in what he's doing in the midst of all of it. Well, how can he hold us accountable? Well, you sound just like the person that Paul's addressing in Romans chapter 9. You know, I mean, why did you make us this way, Lord? That's, what, that's his argument for the people who think that way. And Paul says, you need to shut your mouth. Does the plate, does the, does the pot, does the thing the potter creates, does it talk back to the potter? No. It serves the purpose for which the potter created it. And you know, a lot of people have gotten caught up in this whole Israel thing. They got religious on it. They start talking about, oh, Jesus is coming now. Jesus is coming now. Wait a minute. These are not the people of God. They have yet to repent and acknowledge Jesus as Lord. In fact, we're seeing where they're putting up legislation that wants to stop the preaching of the gospel, to imprison people who are Christian. I've showed you videos, and again, look, I'm not trying to, to whitewash every person out there that calls themselves a Jew. I realize there are people who don't have this mindset. We're talking about clearly the Zionist aspect and some of these occultic Kabbalah kind of Zionists. That's what we're talking about over there. And if you don't believe me, pull up uh, Israel Supreme Court building. Go have a look at that little deal. Tell me that isn't front and center stage New World Order. The walking down on the cross, the big pyramid that's sitting there, all of that stuff. And, and it's, it's, it's a crying shame that Christians don't see this for what it is. It is an antichrist state. Well, in the United States, that well, I'll tell you what, it sure looks like it, doesn't it? The United States has certainly become apostate in many ways. We still have the vestiges of the seeds that were planted. And let me make it clear, because some guy tried to put words in my mouth. I said this. I said before, the seeds that were planted hundreds of years ago, we still have those vestiges in the states now. They were planted before there were states. There were colonies. And we're still seeing, I know we see it here in the South, some of you guys up North see it as well, but you still see the vestiges even though the people are departing from their God. Why? Because those roots were deep. They were born out of persecution. They were born out of being in the Word. And they were deep. And what did we have? Well, at the end of the 19th century, excuse me, the, yes, the ninth. is that the, no. The 19th century. Thank you. The end of the 19th century, what did we see? We saw an explosion, especially here in the United States, of false teaching. We saw it amongst Joseph Miller, Joseph Smith, not Joseph Miller, Joseph Smith and the Mormons, uh, uh, a heretical view of God as a man who became God, and men will one day become gods, and Jesus and Lucifer are spirit brothers, and all this kind of stuff. And it had a real, you know, wacky kind of end times view. 
We saw that with Jehovah's Witnesses, same thing. We saw it with the Millerites. We saw it with the Seventh-day Adventists. We saw it with a ton of people that came out in the 1800s. And then we saw it with the Dispensationalists. Now remember, Dispensationalism didn't exist before then. It just didn't exist. It's an entire eschatology that's been pulled back on the scriptures as a theology. And this was popularized by C.I. Schofield. But all of that had an influence, that kind of thinking had an influence upon the people who started what is modern-day Israel. And you've heard me talk about Theodore Herzl and some other guys doing those kinds of things and establishing that. Now we're seeing this war... with, quote-unquote, Hamas. And that's tied with the people, the, the quote-unquote, Palestinians. I've seen videos, I've seen pictures of people who call themselves Jews who point out the difference between their Judaism and Zionism. And they talk about how they live there in the Middle East in the area of Palestine. They live there in that area together. There weren't any qualms. There weren't any fights. There weren't any of that. They were neighbors with one another until the nation of Israel was established. And you do understand that Hamas is the result of what Israel was doing, right? Um, I meant to bring up a video, and I don't know if I'm going to be able to, to do it here because Rumble, uh, despite everything they say, uh, there's just all kinds of problems now with just even trying to find, um, you know, some of the stuff that I have. Uh, but there, there's a, um, there is a, uh, a video that I had uh, concerning a lot of this kind of stuff. One of them is this video. And I want to, we may go a little over today, so just bear with me. I want to play this, and then I'm going to play my, my interview with uh, Kirk Elliott, because Kirk is going to tie in what all, this is, what all this is going to bring. See, because we have followed after false doctrines, we've put ourselves in a, in a pickle with foreign policy. We've entangled ourselves with these other countries. This is why they're sending our boys to go fight in Israel. I thought Israel had the greatest security, the great, that's what we're told, the greatest army and all this stuff. I'm going to play you a video in just a little bit, not right now, but after I deal with, with Kirk on this issue uh, of the economy and how this is going to impact it, I'm going to play you a video, and I want you to tell me whether or not Israel is happy that we're going to send our boys over there to die for them. And again, I don't see any of that in the Constitution. This is a, this is a quick video to show you, this was back in 2018, quick video to show you uh, how Israel helped create Hamas. Take a listen. Carried out brutal acts of terror against Israeli civilians. And Israeli and American leaders are always keen to tell us how dangerous and evil Hamas is. The inhumanity of Hamas. Uh, I have no sympathy for Hamas. That keep shelling Israel with thousands of uh, rockets and uh, motor shells. But what if I told you that Israel helped create Hamas?
Officially, Hamas, which is the acronym for an Arabic phrase meaning Islamic Resistance Movement, was founded in 1987 at the start of the first Palestinian Intifada or uprising against the Israeli occupation. But its roots were planted much earlier. The Hamas founder, Sheikh Ahmed Yassin, was a half-blind, disabled Palestinian cleric and member of the Muslim Brotherhood. The Brotherhood had been repressed by the Egyptians in Gaza prior to 1967. But once the Israelis invaded and occupied the Strip, they didn't just turn a blind eye to these Islamists, they encouraged them. See, the Israelis, especially right-wing Israelis, wanted to undermine the power of the dominant Palestinian political force at that time, the nationalist PLO, at the heart of which was the secular Fatah party of Yasser Arafat, their bête noire. Who is an Egyptian, not a Palestinian? By empowering Sheikh Yassin and the Muslim Brotherhood, Israeli leaders thought they could divide and rule the occupied Palestinians, play them off against each other, secular nationalists against religious Islamists. So in 1978, when Yassin wanted to officially register his Islamic Association, which was basically the precursor to Hamas, the Israelis were only too keen to help. Yassin built and grew a network of Islamist social institutions across Gaza, including schools and clubs and mosques, and Israel helped fund some of those projects. Most American politicians have no clue about any of this, although the former Republican Congressman Ron Paul once made this point on the floor of the House. Hamas was encouraged and really started by Israel because they wanted Hamas to counteract Yasser Arafat. Arafat himself told an Italian newspaper, quote, Hamas is a creature of Israel. He even claimed that former Israeli Prime Minister Yitzhak Rabin admitted as much to him, calling it a fatal error. Now, you might be wondering, why should I believe mad Ron Paul or the famously shady Yasser Arafat? Well, you don't have to. You can believe top Israeli and US officials who've basically owned up to all this. Brigadier Yitzhak Segev, for example, who was the Israeli military governor in Gaza and later told a New York Times reporter that he helped finance the Islamic movement. The Israeli government gave me a budget, he said, and the military government gives to the mosques. Colonel David Hakam, who worked in Gaza in the late 1980s as an Arab affairs expert in the Israeli military, has admitted that the original sin was Israeli support for Yassin in the late 70s. But at the time, he has argued, nobody thought about the possible results. Well, Avner Cohen did. Cohen was the Israeli official who was responsible for religious affairs in Gaza for more than two decades, and who now says, quote, Hamas, to my great regret, is Israel's creation. Yeah. Cohen's words. He actually wrote an official report to his superiors in the mid-1980s, warning them not to play divide and rule in the occupied territories and calling on Israel to, quote, break up this monster before this reality jumps in our face. But no one else on the Israeli side really took the possibility of blowback seriously at that time. They never do, do they? Hamas has since killed far more Israeli civilians than any secular Palestinian militant group, and its leaders have been pretty viciously anti-Israeli and even anti-Semitic in their rhetoric. Sheikh Yassin would eventually be assassinated by an Israeli airstrike in Gaza. Sheikh Yassin and its organization, the Hamas, are responsible to the killings of more than 400 Israelis. So the question shouldn't be, why now? I think it should be, why not before? Why not before? 
Well, because before, Israel was actually nudging and winking at Yassin and co, building them up as a rival to Arafat's Fatah. The die was cast for blowback. Blowback, incidentally, that they decided to double down on when they assassinated Yassin. You can hear the crowds chanting for Hamas, and any idea that this operation would actually suppress or diminish that organization seems to be ill-judged. The inconvenient truth is that Hamas is in part a creature of Israel's own making, an enemy that Israel spent more than 20 years helping to build up and then spent the next 20 years, the past 20 years that is, trying to bomb, besiege and blockade out of existence. The three Gaza wars fought by Israel against Hamas since 2008 killed around 2,000 Palestinian civilians and a dozen Israeli civilians. That's the real human cost of blowback. David Long, a former Middle East expert at the US State Department under Ronald Reagan, told journalist Robert Dreyfus, I thought the Israelis were playing with fire. I didn't realize they'd end up creating a monster. But I don't think you ought to mess around with potential fanatics. It's a lesson both the Israelis and the Americans never seem to learn, though. And as usual, innocent people, in this case Palestinians and Israelis, continue to lose their lives as a result. Yep, that's exactly right. And, uh, you know, I mean, you're right, the guy's... The guy's voice does not match his face, but at least you guys on the radio, you can hear what was going on. And this is just to set things up because now we've got something going on in this little postage stamp piece of land. Look, I don't want to discount that people were killed. Okay. Some of it I think is staged to, to, to bolster it, but there's a lot of it that's very, very real. People were actually killed. At least that's my assessment of it. But you need to understand what went on. The same thing that's happened with Israel and Hamas, same thing the United States did with Al-Qaeda, with ISIS, and with, as people are pointing out on, 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 uh, Rumble, on the Rumble chat, uh, Iran, the funding of them. We were in Iraq. We were the one who set Saddam Hussein up. We were in Venezuela. We set Chavez up. We, I mean, we've got our fingers in so many pies around the world. We have entangled ourselves. The very thing that George Washington said, don't do, we've done. We've not dealt with the business in our own backyard. We go try to deal with everybody else's business. Now, how is that going to impact the world? How does this false theology about Israel and then the Mockingbird media coming up and building up Israel as the hero and Hamas as the bad guy and all of this other stuff. How does that impact us and the world? Well, we're about to find out. Let's talk to Kirk Elliott. And uh, I'm just going to bring on this interview. It runs about 30 minutes, so we may I may have to stop it and we finish it up on the other side of radio, but you can uh, check out Kirk if you're interested. I'm going to just put this out here. If you're interested, you can uh, go to KirkElliottPhD.com forward slash Tim Brown if you're interested in talking to him about how you can protect, you know, the things that you have, the what you've worked hard for, uh, and turn that fiat currency, which is worthless, into something that the Bible actually says is money, and our Constitution says is the only money that we're to have to in payment of debt. So this is Kirk Elliott and I uh, talking about what's going on in the Middle East and how it's going to impact us and the rest of the world. Okay, all right, we've got our friend Kirk uh, Elliott back with us again. We're going to be talking about the issue of gold and silver. Of course, you guys know this is biblical money. 
It's also constitutional money. In fact, this is the only thing that's constitutional as far as payment of debts. And this is um, according to what our Constitution says in Article 1, part of the powers that are delegated to the Congress is the coin, nothing but gold and silver among the states for payment of debts. And so it's my privilege to welcome back to the Sons of Liberty. Kirk Elliott, good to see you, man. Hey, it's great to see you. Yeah. And now, you know, I was sitting here thinking about what can we talk about here for the half hour that we've got you. And, uh, you know, I'm always thinking of, okay, getting the mindset back into what we should be rather than where we're at. And then you wanted to bring up some things that I think are very important. Uh, This this conflict we're hearing in Israel, and I got to tell you, I'm sick of hearing it uh, because I know who I know who started Hamas. And I know this whole thing is nothing but, you know, ginning up for certain things, but it has an effect on economies, too. So yeah. let's let's hit that right off the bat. And then let's talk about some other effects that it can happen uh, to companies and things of that nature in our country here. Well, it, it, it does. And I'm and I'm tired of talking about it, too. Right. But the reason it's important is um, because it will impact the markets, you know, we're, the importance of what we're talking about on the show right now and how to protect and preserve and grow and thrive in your finances, right? So, so whenever you have conflict, it's, uh, it, it creates upheaval in the markets because we have to remember stocks, bonds, mutual funds, they, they thrive on consistency of future expectations, right? So, for example, let's say that you were uh, investing for your retirement and you invested in Google or Apple stock, right? It's like, okay, I'm going to invest in Apple because they have really cool iPhones. Now it's have good products that are cutting edge and their management's good. And in a growing robust economy, five, 10, 20 years down the road, when I retire, this is going to be a great stock that we invest, right? And you could exchange Apple for any com- name of any company of products that you like, right? So, so when there's a hurdle that comes up, um, it upsets the apple cart because now there isn't that consistency of future expectations. War is one of those big hurdles, right? Because, um, and inflationary pressures and loss of wages and rising taxes and pretty much everything that the Biden administration is bringing at us um, puts a damper on things. It puts a hurdle in the path that kind of breaks that continuity of future expectations because people don't know. I mean, you know, so what we're seeing with with Israel right now is about three days ago, I read a report that said because of this conflict and the geolocation of where Israel is in the world, they're expecting oil to go up one hundred and fifty dollars to one hundred and fifty dollars a barrel. Wow. Now, is that worldwide or just in that area? No, worldwide. So so. We're at $93, $94 a barrel um, on Friday. This morning, it went up. It's already up $3 just since this weekend, right? It's like, oh, my word. So it's starting to, it's starting to jump. Well, my family and I went to um, Pebble Beach last week for a couple of days for, to support a, a nonprofit that, that we support as, as a company called Project Rescue. They rescue women and children from sex trafficking. Amazing, amazing um, ministry that that we're able and blessed to support as a company. Now, so when I was there, got a rental car, had to go to the gas station. So stinking gas in, in California was $6.91 a gallon wow. when I filled up the car. So I'm thinking, how can, 
how are Americans, you know, that are already struggling just to even make ends meet every month? How how are they going to get by when oil goes from $93 a barrel to 150? That's literally, when you think about it, that's over 50% increase in price, right? So this is from this isolated conflict. This is now. What happened this weekend is also from geopolitical conflict. In addition to that, and that was economic sanctions were put on on Russian oil exports, right? So that caused oil to go up another three dollars, like immediately. So, so if you apply those numbers, because gas is is a byproduct of of oil, right? So, so if you apply fifty percent to the price of gas at the pumps, which is already pushing, let's just call it seven dollars. A gallon, well, fifty percent would be another three fifty. You're pushing over ten dollars a gallon if if oil gets to one hundred and fifty dollars a barrel, which is the expectation after this conflict. So here's where we then need to look at that and start to prepare and start to um, get into something that's going to grow rather than shrink, given the world you know, geopolitical landscape that we're living in, right? So so that's one thing that's happened over the weekend. The, the second thing is that the IMF said that our debt was unsustainable as, as a country. Um, so we've got, if you think about it, we've got, and I know that your audience is very well aware of this because of what you talk about, is the, the United States $33 trillion debt pile is reflecting unsustainable fiscal policy, said the IMF. So just to at 33 trillion, we don't have the, the debt service on that is pushing a trillion dollars a year. Just in interest. That's only crazy. Payments. That's just Isn't crazy. Bonkers. So so put that into perspective. We we generate roughly about four trillion dollars a year in, in tax revenue. So like federal state income taxes, right? So that's how the government makes money. Is so a quarter of that that they generate is to pay interest? A quarter of it. I mean, this is the unsustainability of all of that, right? So so when you look at that number now, add into that, the other things that should have never been up to the government to fund should have been up to people in, in the that's church right. to actually fund, which is um, entitlements, welfare, Medicare, Medicaid, taking care of widows and orphans, right? I mean, that, is ne- that should have never been what the government does. That should be what people do, right? So, so when you add all of that into um, this mix, that's about, well, we're pushing over 80% of our federal tax revenue got, now goes out towards Social Security, Medicare, Medicaid, women, infant, children programs, food stamps, things like that. Just the the entitlements and the mandatory payments. Now, I'm not viewing Social Security as entitlement. We pay into it our whole life, right? So, so that's not an entitlement. If you pay into something, you should just get something for it when you retire. That's the goal. Well, you can't change it, right? You If you start taking away and do austerity measures like what France is doing, when they say we're gonna we're gonna raise your rate of or raise the age from when you can retire and we're going to start reducing your benefits i mean imagine this france big huge socialist country right so and now they're getting ticked and they say what 
we're socialists and we live in this socialist country. We've been paying higher taxes our whole lives to help the government take care of us when we retire. And now you're saying we can't retire for a few more years. And when we do get benefits, they're going to shrink because of these austerity measures. That's what you get for listening to government though, right? (laughs) Well, it's exactly right. Yeah. And now because they've squandered all of their money, right? They, they don't have enough. So what I'm, why I'm bringing up France is because they've had blood in the streets, right? They've had riots, they've had lootings, they have protests. The, the, the law enforcement is knocking down elderly people in the streets that are just saying, hey, we, we just want what we paid in for, right? So this is socialist France. United States is no different than socialist France. That's right. We've run out of money too. We're now at about 25% of all of, of, all of our, our income that we bring in just goes towards interest-only payments. They're going to have to adjust, right? They're going to have to make a change. So how do they do that? They print money to keep funding stuff that, that is there where the revenue streams aren't there. That causes inflation, Tim. So when you have inflation, how do they slow it down with rising interest rates? That's how yep. government officials slow down inflation is by raising rates. Hmm. So here's where this story gets a little bit ugly, right? So not that that wasn't ugly enough already, but when you look at 33 trillion for the first time ever, we've hit that amount. That amounts to around 121% of 2022's gross domestic product. Oh, but it's going to blow up in the coming years, right? So so the U.S. could truly default on its debt. I mean, we don't know. I mean, they're going to have to default on something. Either they default on their debt, they don't make their interest payments, or they they cut Social Security, Medicare, Medicaid, women, infant children programs, food stamps, all of that. Can I, that means they're going to almost have a mutiny on their hands. Yeah. Can I ask if there's another way to go? Because Ron yeah. Paul talks about liquidation. And then he talks about actually going and seeing, which we know for the most part, we don't really owe a whole bunch of interest because all of that interest is accumulated off of a ledger writing. There's nothing actually yeah. that's tangible there. So let's let's talk solutions in that. We're seeing all the bad stuff. We're seeing all the problems. I think we got a handle on the fact that it's mm-hmm. going to get really bad. Yeah. What are the solutions of that? I think it's going back to real money, number one. It is. And then two... This liquidation issue, how would something like that work in this? And if I can throw something on, if you can speak just to the, and I think you did this last time you were on, the people out there that say, look, I'm the, I'm one of them people that you're talking about. I'm having a hard time making it. Now they're raising the gas price and then that's going to raise the food prices and all this other. I don't have money to even really invest in gold and silver. What are we going to do? What are some solutions for the people out there? Yeah. So all really good questions. So first of all, you know, I I think what we're seeing and and not just here in America, but globally, you know, we can we can look at the BRICS nations, you know, Brazil, Russia, India, China, South Africa. What are they doing with their central bank digital currency that they're starting to, you know, push down everybody's throat? They're they're backing up their currency with gold. Yes. So their central banks um, are, are backing up their currency, not with ounces or pounds or or tons but literally hundreds or thousands of tons of gold we're we're talking tons that's a lot of gold right so so if you look at the amount of of gold holdings that's held by central banks now around the world 
it's over 38,000 metric tons. That's a lot of gold. So it's like, well, how in the world could that be? Because they've been poo-pooing gold and silver for the longest time saying, oh, it's an ancient relic. It stinks. You know, we've got really cool, easy, transparent, accountable central bank digital currency that that makes transactions instantaneous and easy, right? But but the, what they're not telling people is the loss of freedom, the loss of privacy that comes from that. Because whenever anything's digital and they have the ability to cut you off from buying or selling, if they don't like you, that's not good. So what's what's happening here is, and I would encourage everybody to, this is part of the solution is, don't listen to what they say per se, watch what they do, right? Because that's going to show you their true intentions and motives of their heart. Central banks around the world are allocating into gold by the tens of thousands of tons. The largest amount ever, right? The amount of tonnage owned by central banks is the most ever in the history of the world. Tells us something is coming. So maybe what they're expecting is either one of two things, either number one, they're going to entice people into their system by dangling this carrot out there of, of we're backing our central bank digital currency with gold. Therefore you should put it in ours rather than a, like the, the fiat currency version that like Europe and, and America is using with their central bank digital currency, or they know that this is going to be a harder battle than what they thought because nobody wants to give up their freedom, their privacy I mean, when even when you think about it, even, I don't think even liberals would want that, right? So, so maybe they're thinking this is going to be a harder path than what we expected, and so they, the BRICS nations, still want to be the world's reserve currency. They're taking away that that away from the dollar, so therefore they're they're basically de facto backing of their currency with gold, right? So, so this is kind of point number one: is what are some solutions? tangible assets right now solution number two is a political one not necessarily a financial one and that is we've got states and now the house of representatives that are passing legislation to have currency gold is legal tender in over seven states right now already passed right texas and alaska are on the record of of having pending legislation, just hasn't been voted on, um, to actually have a state chartered, not federal, not FDIC, not the Fed Now app, not the Federal Reserve, state chartered central bank doing what? Backed by gold. So that's adding to the tangible asset mix solution that we're talking about. So a a future cast type type fix and solution would be encourage your your state senators and state reps to to sponsor what Texas and Alaska are doing is start state chartered central bank to get out of the Federal Reserve System. Put money creation back into the hands of of the states. Yeah. Right. Where, yep, where actually where they yep. should be. Absolutely. Right. So but not with fiat based money. See, even state money that's just fiat based puts us in the same pickle that we had before. It, it relates back to what you said at the beginning of the show, only gold and silver coinage are actually legal tender, right? So this is what Texas is wanting to do. They're putting a technological twist to it, having a, a debit card that's tied directly to 
that that holdings of gold in the state central bank vault, right? So they're adding a little technology to that mix. But the point is, it's currency that is backed by gold, hmm. like 100%, right? So, so this is where we're looking. Now, what did the House do? A couple of weeks ago, I oh, can't remember what state, mm, wasn't Virginia, but it was the Eastern, Eastern Coast state, um, a, a House member brought it to committee to actually not allow central bank digital currency in America because of the loss of freedom and the loss of privacy that comes from that. Now, uh, this is this is also a political move in the right direction to get the money creation back into the hands of the people, not some kind of digital entity that we have no control over that they can cut us off from buying or selling right now. I'm not saying that that is going to pass the Senate, but I think it might pass the House. See, it's gone through committee, which means the next thing is it goes to the floor for a vote in the House. Then after that, it has to go to the Senate to be ratified, and then it goes to the president to be signed off. It's dead in its tracks once it hits the Senate. It really is. But the point is, they're starting to talk about it, right? This is a good thing. Just like what Ron Paul's been doing since, seems like the beginning of time, talking about sound money, talking about tangible money and assets as money, and going back to the the system that the founding fathers envisioned for our currency. Yeah. See, people are starting to talk about that. And that's an exciting thing. And so Amen. what we can do is start, we're not going to be buying gold or, or, you know, by the ton, obviously, but you know, we can buy it by the ounce. And if you can't afford an ounce of, of gold, which is a couple thousand dollars, an ounce of silver is like 25, right? So, so, but now there is a logistical issue with, with silver, even though you could buy one ounce round for like $27 at today's prices, it, it's going to be a logistical mess to, to do anything at like $30 increments, right? Cause you have to be there to accept delivery of shipments and blah, blah, blah. So I would do silver in $500 increments. Now, if you don't have $500, which a lot of my clients don't, I encourage them to save up, right? Just save up until you get $500, then boom, get it done, take delivery of it, start saving up again for another $500. And it might take a couple of weeks, might take a couple of months. Who doesn't matter how long it takes. Just get going down that path right? And start allocating into strength and getting out of weakness. Weakness being paper assets like currencies, which is devaluing as they print money like there's no tomorrow and reallocating into strength into a tangible asset that that is um, poised to go up under the inflationary pressures and political chaos that we're seeing in this world, right? So so that's what I would recommend that people do. And, and I mean, I've got uber wealthy clients and I've got clients that have to save up for a couple of months just to raise $500, right? I don't, I don't care what lot of life that you're in. What I care about is you taking what you have being in the right place at the right time. And that's what my team will help you with. Yeah. Is there a, that, that leads to some other questions as far as people putting back and saving and things of this nature. Some people say, okay, well, they get the concept. They understand what it is. We've had, you know, Franklin Sanders on many times on the show. Love the guy. Uh, he's, he's like you, he's very savvy about what gold and silver is and, and how useful that is. But I, I've seen some people also taking and wanting to, 
somehow utilize a sort of a debit card with gold and silver holdings. Is there anything in your future about something like that where people can they can do it? Because I know some people are sitting there thinking, okay, if this all goes down, we're going to barter. I'm going to have to carry around my silver and my gold in my pocket. Yeah, well, you you you. Most people used to carry change. I had some change over the weekend in my pocket. We do the same kind of thing. Um, I think some for some people, they're going to say, this is going to be harder to go back. And it might be because we've been so conditioned to make everything so convenient and everything else. Is there any kind of, of move to make things a little more convenient in the gold and silver route than what's there right now? Well, you know, there's there's a lot of, you know, debit cards or credit cards that are that are kind of tied to gold right now, um, like a handful of them. And I would say, no, not not really quite good enough yet. Great idea, um, expensive to implement, right? Because there's not enough inventory backing that up. And when you think about credit cards, people use them sometimes multiple times a day. There's transaction costs for buying or selling gold or silver, right? So unless you have the internal inventory to back it up, you're going to be eaten alive with transaction costs and it costs you way more than what you would think. So what I would say for the time being, um, until there is actually a credible option out there is simply use your credit card or just use a check like you would any other time and invest in gold and silver just outright. Don't have, don't mix the two because gotcha. I don't think it's ready gotcha. for prime time yet. Okay. Now, I'm not saying that it's not going to be that way in the future. I think that it will. And I think that that's an option thing because an awesome thing, because that's what Texas is wanting to do is truly a debit card attached to the gold holdings um, in, in that Texas vault. Right. So it, it, it really is. Um, they're not having to do all these different transaction costs. They already own the inventory. So it's just internal to them. But but any kind of private option right now, I, I don't see that it's really quite there. Even though it's a very good concept, I, I get the theory behind it. I like it. Um, well, not I get, ready I, for prime time. Yeah, let me let me see if I can put it this way. If you if you're setting up in your state and you've got a government there that's supposed to follow this procedure, they haven't been doing it, and so now you're getting in a position to do that. You say, look. Since you are doing this and you're our servants, we're not going to charge transaction feeds. We're just going, we're already paying for you guys to do what you do with, with tax money. So therefore, make us a card that we can use. We're already paying your guys to do accounting and all this other kind of stuff anyway. So there shouldn't be any extra charges except the manufacturing of the, the card to use it. And that be gold and silver. And that's the only thing that be used. There's not going to be interest. There's not going to be transaction fees because we're already paying for it with our taxes. Now, getting that, the get thing the hard heads to understand that kind of concept might be something, but I think it's a good, it's a good option to do. So, so the best thing for people to do, if they're saying, look, I don't have that money is to put some back each month till they build up to about $500, then come talk to you, take delivery of the $500, start saving up for the next thing. And this yep. is, this is the hedge their bets against what's coming. Uh, because if we don't do that, we are going to sink. We're just going to sink if we don't, if we don't prepare for it. Yeah, we will. Uh, and and here's the thing that we don't have to sink. This is this is Amen. what your That's show right. is is really all about. Is is not just about preparedness, right? It's 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 God's message to us is that we we weren't created in His image to just survive. We're created in His His image to thrive. Amen. Right. So yep. when we have those 
those God-given, you know, sometimes for me, it's just a smack on the head. It's like, Kirk, would you listen? Sometimes it's a still small voice, right? But he will give us wisdom and knowledge and creativity and understanding of the times we're living in to actually thrive in this, in this moment, right? So, so what we then just have to do is have the courage and boldness to act, right? It's like, it, it reminds me of, of the parable of the talents, right? It's like, we've all been given something. And, and when, when Jesus told this parable, it's like, okay, you had the one guy that, that actually did really good. Another guy did pretty good. And then one guy that, that had talents that God gave him, but he, he hid them in the sand, right? He buried them because he didn't want to lose them. It's not that he was doing anything inherently bad. He was trying to do good, but he didn't want to lose. But, but God didn't give us talents to just bury them and preserve them. He gives us talents so we can grow and thrive and impact our neighbors and impact the world around us, right? So when, when we're given anything, we're called to be a wise steward with it. And that's what we want to help people do is, is navigate right. the time that we're living in which is this, this, this weird puzzle, right? It's like we've got political puzzle pieces, economic puzzle pieces, social and spiritual, and they all fit together to build a big picture of the world that we're living in. And this is our goal, is to take that 30,000-foot view of this big puzzle. Now, how do you navigate through that when you've got all those elements facing us at the same time? Now you've got unforeseen elements that are facing us, like, the attack from Hamas on Israel. You've got black swan events like the BRICS nations rising up, taking away the, the petrodollar status of the U.S. dollar or the reserve currency status, um, you know, unsustainable debt. Like the amount of corporate bankruptcies, I think, that are going to come in 2024 as interest rates rise. Yeah. And we've got about $2 trillion of corporate debt that comes due next year when interest rates have doubled this year. It's like, they're going to renew at a doubling. I, I think as you start to understand that, you know, it's it's my prayer for this generation is that we are like what it talks about in Chronicles, you know, they're going through the lineage of who begat who, right? And then it's like, and it, and it, and it pauses here. It's like, well, then there were the sons of Issachar who understood the times. Yep, exactly. It, right? it's like, yep. That's my goal and prayer for this generation is we are modern day sons and daughters of Amen. Issachar who understood the time that's and right. knew what to do and use that wisdom and discernment that God gives us to not just settle for, oh, woe is me, the world is so bad, I guess we'll just have to survive and muddle through. It's like, no, do the right thing, and, and truly I believe that you can thrive. I'm not saying it's going to be easy. I'm not saying it's going to be fun. But if you do the right thing, you're going to have something that nobody else has that didn't reallocate their positions out of paper. And that is true money that God envisioned it, that the founding fathers envisioned it, gold. Okay, I wanna, I'm going to come back to Kirk in a minute over off the air. Uh, Kirk Elliott, PhD.com forward slash Tim Brown if you want to get him as an advisor. Bradley, be with you at 3. Lord willing, I'm going to see you back here in the morning, 6 a.m., bright and early. Talk to you then. Hang on, and we're going to continue this. All right, I want to welcome everybody coming over from uh, the radio. And I'm just going to finish this up. He's only got about two more, two more minutes in the interview here, and then I want to play you a brief video uh, that's a combination of one that I had along with some other things uh, coming out of Israel uh, in this as well. So here's the remainder of what Kirk had to say. ...assets, and they thrive during times of inflation because they're things, Tim, 
things go up with inflation and that's the world that we're living in right yeah. now. Absolutely. Absolutely. I want to give this out right quick. Uh, if people want to check it out, it's Kirk Elliott, PhD.com forward slash Tim Brown. If you want to talk with Kirk, you want to get uh, some of these kinds of things solidified so that it you become a son of Issachar. You rec- you, many of you already recognize the times you're in. You, you're just looking for a solution so that you can be one of those that, you know, the Lord says it's, it's going to be bad for the wicked, but tell the righteous it'll be OK. But are you righteous? You know, the 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 righteousness of Christ has been given to those who believe upon his name, and then that expresses itself in work. So Kirk Elliott, PhD.com forward slash Tim Brown. And Kirk, I just I'm going to give you the final word here because I know we only got about a minute or so to be with you. Give our audience uh, some encouragement about that, because I got some this weekend. I'm going to be sharing. With, well, I'll, I'll share with the people, uh, but give some people some encouragement about what they can do. You got about a minute or so. Go ahead and lay it on them. Yeah, I mean, so I read this. I, I was reading about fear and faith this this weekend, and there's this quote by somebody named Daphne Demarer. I don't know who she is, but it says, "What might have been and what could have been, those are the saddest phrases in our English mm, language, mm, right?" Yeah, and and so we don't have to think of what could have been, what should have been, when you actually act. See. God is a God of faith and he's a God of action. He gives us creativity and boldness to actually act, right? So we don't have to live in the past with regrets. Um, I encourage you to just give us a call. You know, go to the website, kirkelliotphd.com forward slash Tim Brown, or call us 720-605-3900. Just say Tim sent you, right? And and here's, here's something that um, if... <laughs> Seriously, a lot of people struggle with with things and and making a decision, right? But if you don't try to create the future you want, you're going to have to endure the future that you get. Yep. Right? So you have to try. You have to act. You have to do something. That's what I would encourage everybody to do. Look, it's a free consultation. Just give us a call and we'll talk about your situation and move forward together. Okay. All right, Kurt, we appreciate you very much. Hang on and I'll say goodbye to you. Sounds good. Okay. All right. So you guys, uh, you, you hear how it's impacting the economy. Uh, a lot of good questions in the chat, by the way. And uh, Crystal, great to have you. I don't know if you've been with us uh, much, but it's great to have you in the chat as well. You seem like you're right on par with the things that we're talking about. And yeah, I, this is what I talked about. And I'll go ahead and tell you, you know, our family was actually looking at just getting out of the whole thing. Get out of the whole system. It would thrill me to no end, to be out of this system that we're in. And I'm talking about the paper fiat kind of chasing after paper so you can meet the needs and of your family and this, that, and the other. And we'd actually talk about just selling everything, moving to an, a particular area that we had picked out that's very remote, building our houses out of the trees that we cut down off the land, me, my sons, my son-in-law, living in that, the hunting's plentiful, the fishing's plentiful, you can make the ground to grow stuff and live in a manner that I believe would cut off exactly what these do. These guys are threatening us. You're going to have nothing and be happy. You're going to eat bugs. You're going to you know, do this. You're going to live in these cities. Who wants to live in the city, for goodness sake? I used to work in them. I don't understand how people live on top of each other the way they do. 
it's like a lab with a bunch of cages and they put you in there like a lab rat. And that's what they're making you is lab rats. Who wants to live in that? No offense to those who are living in cities. I'm, I'm just saying, who wants to? I, that's not my mindset at all. Why not beat them at their own game by going back and doing things ourselves and giving ourselves liberty, if you will, freedom from the system by not being engaged in it at all? I know that's a big step, but I want you to pay attention to what Jesus told his disciples. Sell all you got and come follow me. That's what he told the rich young ruler. He told the fishermen who had their boats in their nets, leave it behind and come follow me. That's what he said. Oh, well, he didn't mean that for today. Okay. Deny yourself. Take up your cross and follow me. Hmm. Stop and think. What's our love? Is it the world or is it Christ? I'm just asking the question. I, I'm, I'm not telling anybody anything. I'm just asking the question. I roll these things around in my own head. This is a video. It runs about 13 minutes, but <clears throat> it's got the first part here that I had already. And then somebody had... I usually don't see when people tag me on Facebook. I just... I don't follow the, the social media stuff. I just don't follow it. Um, but I happened to see this, and it was a part of the video that I had before with... Uh, of course, Bibi Netanyahu. This is just kind of round out the Israel stuff. And then they pointed out that Israel was ready to invade Gaza, and there was this massive storm that came on Israel. Didn't affect Gaza at all, but it affected Israel. And I just want to play some of this with you, or for you. You make up your own mind about what you believe about all this, but I can tell you this. The Israel that's center stage right now is not the Israel of God. It is not the people of God. It is not a people whom God's favor has been shown upon. If you want to know who the Israel of God is, I've said it before, I'll say it again. If you want to know who the Israel of God is, if you want to know who God's favor is upon, then all you have to do is find the people who genuinely believe in Yeshua, the, the Lord Jesus Christ. And they bow their knee to him. That is the people of God. And I don't care from what country they come from. I don't care what tongue they speak. I don't care what color their skin are, skin is, what their culture is, or any of that. If you find those people, you have found the people who are in the commonwealth of Israel. Check out this video. See what you think. Let me know what you think. And then we'll close out the show. And this is Bibi Netanyahu. אז 
שאלו אותי, מה קורה? אוקיי, כפוף להדדיות, צמצום הנסיבות. אבל איך נצמצם את הנסיבות? אני אתן פירוש להסכם שיאפשר לי להפסיק את הדירה הזאת בקווי איך עשינו את זה? אף אחד לא אמר מה זה אתרים צבאיים מוקדמים. אתרים צבאיים מוקדמים, אני אמרתי אלה אזורי ביטחון. בקעת הירדן, מבחינתי זה אתר צבאי מוקדם. נכון. זה אוקיי. לך תגיד, אבל אז הייתה שאלה, מי יגדיר מה זה אתרים צבאיים מוקדמים? קיבלתי מכתב מכריסטופר, עיניים ולמפת, באותה לשון. שישראל, וישראל בלבד, היא זו שתגדיר מהם, את מיקום האתרים הצבאיים האלה ואת גודלם. עכשיו, הם לא רצו לתת את המכתב הזה, אז לא נתתי את הסכם כמוהו. הפסקתי את ישיבת הממשלה, אמרתי, אני לא חותם. רק כשהגיע המכתב, תוך כדי הישיבה, אליי ואל ערפאת, חתמתי את הסכם. תגיד לו שעדיף לתת 2% מאשר לתת 100%. וזו הברירה שלנו עומדת כאן הפרק. אתה נתת 2% ובזה עצרת את הנסיגה הזאת? חלפנו אולדנו, אנו ביתנו, אנו תריכנו, פנטר, כל חייתנו, כל חייתנו. יעני, מה תוקענש למנזר הזה סיר? ולא פלחלם יעני שוב. משגדים על העסקליים, רוחו לעסקליים, אחלה מדעניים. ואין לערב כולה, ואין לעלם, ואין לאומן בתחדה. Is the Mockingbird Media showing you these people? Are they showing you these people whose lives have been ruined? Thank you. 
استشهدت بعديها كيف بدي كيف بدي امن لهم حياتي بشكل عشوائي. الصحفي دائما بيكون هناك. الصحفي دائما بيكون في البرج. ايوه ملامح المنطقة. الجيش الاسرائيلي استخدم كل وسائل التدمير ما خلى اي مدينة. كل ملامح منطقة الرمال تغيرت الوجه الجميل إلى مدينة غزة انتهى أنا واحد من الناس فقدت ثلاثة كنت عايش معهم هم راحوا يصوروا ويغطوا برج حجي كان محظر تم خصفهم واستهدافهم بشكل مباشر واستشهدوا أنا أكون سرحان على الشباك وبصور بلطقت صورة هو بيجي بخبط لي على الباب خليني أعصب فزعلت منه ورحت نمت لو بقول لي لو صحانا من النوم الساعة تقريبا ثلاثة الفجر رحت أنام لساعة لو بقول لي بدي أنام جنبك وأتصور معك في صورة الوداع بالحرف الواحد قال لي هاي هذه صورة الوداع اللي بدنا ناخذها I believe this is a Palestinian lady who lost her home as well. We're having delusions. Wallah, we're having. we're having delusions. Tonight, I stood up at 2:30 a.m. screaming and trying to cover my nose and my 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 eyes with with a cloth, a piece of cloth, and some water, because I I I. I, I think I saw, uh, I saw uh, 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 white spurious bombs, and I thought they're real. And then my family tried to to uh, calm me down, and I realized that I, I was like everything was like a delusion. It was not real. To, to, uh, today at the morning. My sister, uh, uh, she's she's saying that uh, I'm 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 hearing screaming all the all the day and night inside my head, and my mother is hearing uh, raining. So what is happening? I don't know. But we're losing our minds. We're losing our sense. Allah, Zigna, Zigna, we're so bored of this. Zigna. I and my family. Tel Aviv flooding heavy rainfall lashes. Parts of Israeli capital causes waterlogging videos showing cars on flooded streets surface. Today, October 15, 2023.
Tel Aviv and its surrounding areas in Israel have been hit by heavy floods, a consequence of relentless rainfall. The situation has forced a postponement of the Israeli ground military operation in the Gaza Strip. Tel Aviv, the capital of Israel, is grappling with heavy flooding triggered by heavy rainfall. Now I the ask you, has resulted in who controls the rain? Logging across the city. Reportedly, the severe weather conditions... They were going to invade Israeli Gaza, to and you got this major flooding that happens operation here. ...in the Gaza Strip. Videos circulating on social Makes you media wonder. depict cars navigating through flooded streets, highlighting the extent of the waterlogged areas in Tel Aviv and nearby Herzliya. The severe weather conditions have disrupted the strategic military operations amidst the ongoing Israel-Hamas war. Apart from flooding, there is a report about the waterspout phenomenon in Tel Aviv. All right. <clears throat> um, I'm going to go ahead and, and pause this. There, there's a little bit more. I'll have it up in the uh, in the archive if you want to check it. Yeah, I get it, somebody. They, they, there are weather weapons. What I'm talking about is this happened in Israel. It didn't happen in Gaza. It happened in Israel before they were ready to invade Gaza. Gaza doesn't have that technology. I mean, those people are pretty poor over there in that area. And yes, I understand some of it comes from Al Jazeera, and I understand that there's a lot of it that's been faked. I get it. What I wanted to do was just present you with the, with the other side of the story, as it were. Proverbs 18, 17. He that is first in his own cause seemeth just, but his neighbor cometh and searcheth him. So what I want to do is I want to see both sides. Oh, Tim, you're giving, you're giving cover for the Muslims. No, I'm not. I still am against Antichrist uh, theology. And Islam is Antichrist just as much as Judaism is. You, understand that. But what's going on here? I mean, really? You're going and attacking innocent people because of a group attacking your people that you help established? You, you were Dr. Frankenstein. You made this monster. Now that monster turns on you, and all of a sudden you're going to attack all these, these people who haven't done you any harm? Really? And then you want us to send our boys and in some cases, daughters, to go fight a war for you or with you, you must be outside your mind. I'm telling you right now, I'm going to probably do a show on this, just the whole show for this, because they're gearing up to draft our boys and girls again. And I'm going to tell you what, we are not going to run to another country. Should that day come, we're going to fight the tyrants here on our soil. That's not a threat to go attack somebody. It's if you come to take my kids, me and them are going to fight you. Yeah, and you can put it out there and you can quote me. We're going to fight you. Because what's going on in Israel right now has no impact on me except what they're bringing on us. And it doesn't have an impact on you either, except for the issues of the economy. That's what it's attacking. You really want to go lose your life over the dollar? Really? People got the right idea in the chat, bartering. If you're not closing that network in your community, farmers, farmers markets, people who are willing to trade, get them in that mindset, going to trade some eggs for some beef, some beef for some bullets. Some alcohol for 
what were the, what were, somebody brought that up a minute ago. They were using uh, vodka and trading that in Russia when the ruble declined. Of course, some people are still toting those rubles around in their wheelbarrows and stuff. But if you're not already developing some of that mindset, you might want to get into that. And gold and silver is a good hedge on things. People who actually understand that. If you recall, when we had Franklin Sanders on. That was one of the things I said, what are people going to do? Oh, well, people who know the value. Okay, but we've been dumbed down so much as a society. How many people actually know there's real value in silver and gold? That that is real money. How many Christians even understand this concepts? Deuteronomy 25, 13. Thou shalt not have a bag, thy bag diverse weights. A great and a small. Proverbs 30, 20, 23. Diverse weights are an abomination unto the Lord. <clears throat> the same people that will call out the Sodomites as an, uh, they're engaged in an abomination are just fine with uh, lawless money that we use, which is an abomination unto the Lord. It's a false balance. God says it again, Proverbs 20, verse 10. Diverse weights and diverse measures, both of them are alike abomination to the Lord. And yet, in the midst of judgment, what are we told? 1 Kings 20, verse 3. The silver and thy gold is mine, thy wives also, and thy children, even the goodliest are mine. We're told by Haggai, uh, verse, uh, chapter 2, verse 8. The silver is mine, the gold is mine, saith the Lord of hosts. God is a God of truth, of justice. And I, I don't believe he's going to leave his people without means. Even, again, as I referenced the other day, even in the midst of the judgment that was upon Old Testament Israel, God cared for his people. Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego are perfect examples of young men who wanted to honor the Lord even in foreign occupation. And you know what? God took them in a foreign government and raised them up to the top. God did that. Is he the same God today as he was then? Yes, he is. My friends, there's no sense in us pulling our hair out in fear. We're told over and over again not to fear. Why? Because our God really is in control, even though it may appear that men are in control. He is the one in control. Well, if he's in control, Tim, why, why, why do you talk about gold and silver? And why do you talk about you, you starting this, this business with LifeWave like we did yesterday and all these things? Because a, a, a righteous man sees what's coming and he's prudent. He prepares for it. Do I have all this preparation down perfectly? No. But I'm going in the direction I believe God is leading in preparing at least our family for what's coming. And I hope many of you are. Many of you are way beyond where I'm at. So this is probably, you know, kindergarten stuff for you guys. But many people out there, I know you're facing the same thing I do. You're living paycheck to paycheck or in some cases day to day trying to scrimp and scrape just to make ends meet. I know what that's like. I Trust me, I know. This is why I took up some extra things. Most of you guys probably think, oh, you just do the radio show. No, I do the website, and I do several websites that we have as a family, and 
I have affiliates and I ship knives and I took on LifeWave and I've took on the, the company with the All-American products. And I, why? Because as head of the home, I'm responsible to provide for my family and to protect them. That is, that's my duty as a husband and as a father. And all of this kind of stuff just makes it more difficult for me to do that. I have to be even more dependent upon the Lord to either prosper what I'm putting my hands to do or to bring, a, bring some other means in there. I'm not out here doing it on my own. I am completely dependent upon God. And if God doesn't move people in those businesses, ventures, and uh, other things that we're doing, then I have no hope. If God does not hear my, my pleas to him, and I tell him, God says that we, we don't have because we don't ask. And then when we do ask, we ask to consume it upon our own lusts. But he tells us to ask of him, not as a genie, but as our father. And you know what? If I have all my life, my father adopted me. I, I didn't even come from his loins, but my father adopted me, gave me his name, made me his heir, put his love upon me, and I can go to my dad. I, I've been to him for 54 years, and if I have a need and my dad is able to meet it, even if it's a simple thing like borrowing a truck, borrow a tool, or something like this, my dad says, yeah, it's right there. Go get it. Use it. Put it back when you're done. Now, if my dad, who is a sinner saved by grace, will do that for me, how much more will my heavenly Father hear and answer my prayer too. Oh, friends, if you haven't tried it, if, if, if you really believe God is your Father, He wants you to ask so that when He answers, you will glorify Him for answering you. I believe that. And I tell Him that. You tell me to ask so that when you answer, I'll know it's you answering. And I'll give you glory for that. The fact that we've made it through the past five years, our family, honest, honest before God, the fact that we've even made it doing what we're doing over the past five years is a miracle. It's a miracle. Because I can tell you there are many times over the past five years especially, that I thought, we don't have a hope of keeping anything afloat here. Everything was tight. You know, you're, you, you felt like you were in one of those situations where you, you can't win for losing. You felt like you took one step forward and, two, and three steps backwards. And all of that, God had a good purpose in it. I think largely making me more dependent upon Him. And some of you out there who are listening, you actually helped my family at times. Some of you did. And I'm so grateful because I see God using His people in that. And you know what? That's what I want to see us do now. I want to see us be a community. I want to be in a position where I can do those kinds of things too instead of chasing meeting the ends or making the ends meet. And I know many of you do too. And this stuff's coming. The more junk they're throwing out there, this Israeli roar is just the last it's the last thing in a long line of things that they've been doing and things that they're going to do unless we bring people to justice. Praise God for those people who are working locally. Bethany, you and Adam and others 
who are working locally to at least beat back that tyranny that's in your community. More power to you. And I know the Lord's blessing there. And I know he's getting other people's mindsets in that too. Just keep those things in mind. And again, if you, if, if you need the services of Kirk, here's how you get them. KirkElliottPhD.com forward slash Tim Brown. You know, give him a call. Uh, you can go to the website there. There's a phone number on there. Just tell them Tim from Sons of Liberty sent you. And uh, they'll take care of you over there. And uh, Bradley be with you at 3. And Lord willing, I'm going to be back with you in the morning, 6 a.m., bright and early. Talk to you then.